So Farscape. A Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan. And a fresh-faced first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And this is The, the Story So, so Farscape. Farscape. This is great. Yes. We're going to... No, we'll practice that a few more times yeah, and we'll, we'll, get it, we'll get it we'll right. We will get it right. <laughs> I am really, really, really excited to watch this series with you, Kay, because it's, it's one of my favourite science fiction programmes. I think I have years and years ago seen the first episode, but I don't remember anything of it. I know that I watched it and for some reason never started never really watching this the series. But, but this is such a great opportunity. And I've you get heard the- so much good things about it. And I think the right time to discover a, a 90s sci-fi masterpiece is, is about almost exactly 22 to 23 years after the fact. We're just ahead of the curve on the 25th anniversary of Farscape. So it came out in 1999. Well, we'll do the we'll do the math and we'll we'll, we'll figure something out. So I'm curious, um, as a as a as a fresh faced first timer, how much have you sort of absorbed through osmosis? Almost nothing. I recognize the main characters. I would be able to uh, place them as being from Farscape, uh, but right? Because they're very it. distinctive designs. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was I was kind of surprised to see that it was the Henson company that was uh, involved in this. But of yes. course, as soon as you look at take a good look at Rigel and the uh, pilot, then uh, you realize that yes, that can only be Jim Henson company. I know, and the, the the production is really really quite extraordinary. And I'll try and sort of restrain myself on 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 behind the scenes stuff in the in the early episodes. But like in preparing for this show, I've had a lot of fun. Like I've been listening to the directors' commentaries for the ah, yes. for, for the earlier episodes. They did a lot. In in the first season. Yes, I have not done any of that, so I will be coming into this as a complete blank canvas. Yes, so nobody tweet at K, because then you'll, no spoilers, please, for ah, this yes. program that's 22 to 23 years old at this point. <laughs> uh, speaking of, of, of Twitter, though, we actually, like, we're launching straight away with, we have a social media presence. Oh, good. How do you like that? How can we be found on social media? So far, Escape, on Twitter, and... Uh, on the web as well. I am just no good at this. And sofarscape.com, maybe? Dot com, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, there you go. And like Facebook as well, Sofarscape, I believe. Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. so you're. I'm just going to leave this in your, in your capables from now. All right, very well. <laughs> but hey, before we get into promoting ourselves too much, let's actually do a show. So um, Yeah, so far with the intro. So, so far, so far. So far, escape with the intro. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's get cracking with the first episode. Prepare to stop it. So the very first shot of the very first episode of this wonderful series is uh, a sunset at Cape Canaveral where a dude in a blue Hawaiian shirt is, is looking sort of melancholy. Okay, I'm going to go say yes, but it's sunrise. Wait, oh, hold on. This is, okay, so there is, step one. Step one. Why is it sunrise? How can you tell? Because in the next shot, the sun is higher than in the previous one. Oh, my God. Mm, mm. Is it? I mean, I'm looking at it now. It's just it's just uh, zoomed in closer. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, it might be. Uh, could be. No, it's definitely higher. What a great way to start a fantastic yeah. podcast. <laughs> we're also arguing. No, this is great. We can get into it. We're looking at the scene where he is uh, snuck out of quarantine, where he's supposed to be at Cape Can- Canaveral. Uh, the rat cage. The, yeah. That what they, uh, that's what they call it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He went AWOL from the rat cage this morning. <laughs> It reminded me a lot of that scene in Apollo 13, where the guy who gets replaced at the last minute gets, he's sitting on his car and he's just like watching the uh, the rocket lift off. He might have had the mumps or he might have not have had the mumps, and that's why he was... Uh, I'm sorry, I was thinking of Armageddon, and I thought you meant Steve Buscemi, the mm, possibly questionable sexual pervert. I thought, hmm, did he get swapped out at the last minute? That would probably be no, better. No, 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 Apollo 13, that other movie that takes... Yes, Gary Sinise. That's Gary the Sinise, one, yes. Yeah, because he, he might have had that, and then he definitely didn't. And he was wearing this, like, gorgeous Hawaiian shirt, and he's looking very, almost glumly at the space shuttle, which is, like, positioned there. Right. Like if you'd if you'd seen this shot, would you have been able to guess that there's a fantastic, like, colorful space epic? No, I right was thinking like here. he's like this is like some sort of drama about why he didn't get to be on the space shuttle, which is about to lift off. That's like the kind of thing that it gave me. It looks like an Australian soap opera with an extremely high stakes <laughs> season finale. Yes, it is. <laughs> it does a bit. It's like flying doctors in space. <laughs> yeah, and then we meet his bestie, DK. DK. Yes, who has sexy mutton chops? He does, but damn, damn, that must have been a, like a sad part to play. It's like he's the, yeah. you're the best friend of the hero, and you're never oh, going to come back in the series again. I'm not. Wait, I'm not. I mean, I'm his bestie. Yes, 
Well, same with his his dad, who is an actor that that apparently quite a famous actor, Kent McCord. Ah, yes. You can sort of he's got this like classic American smug Crichton, swagger. Commander, like he was like like Mr. Buck Rogers, like you know that's uh, yeah. And there's yeah. a lot. There's actually Buck a lot Rogers of, Senior. I not yeah. I mean, actually, not a lot of similarities in the beginning with uh, Buck Rogers. Uh, I have no memory of Buck Rogers. Well, I mean, I mean, it starts with Buck Rogers being launched in a space shuttle and going on a mission. I think he's gone on his mission to Jupiter or something, and he gets flung through some mysterious space effects Whoa. into, like in the case of Buck Rogers, he goes to the twenty-fifth century, and in this case, he gets flung off to somewhere else. Well, someplace else. I'll get back to you on these specifics. Or in the case of Duck Dodgers, to the twenty-fourth and a half century. Oh God, <laughs> that's not that's not from Darkwing Duck. That's, or just something uh, what's he, like no. What's the what's the what's the duck called? I don't know. The enemy of of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. Daffy. Yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, so um, he's a member of I IASA, so the IASA, International yes. Astronautic Space Agency, or Astronaut and Space Agency, I suppose. Aeronautics. Aeronautics. Aeronautics yeah. and Space Agency. That's the one. Yeah. It's not an astronaut agency. Well, like NASA is the National Astronaut Slut Agency. <laughs> And there's an interesting chemistry that they had with him and his dad, which is absolutely yeah. nothing like real NASA astronauts had. Because dad is kind of like, oh, I was just a space jockey who was just like, you know, flying shit by the seat of my pants. Yeah. And you know, like, like, no, even like, you no, know, the first astronauts, they like, they had two degrees and they also happened to be like pilots and everything. It's yeah. Like, there was never the like barnyard pilot flying for there's space no shuttles space for NASA. Jocks. No, there isn't. And both of them it's, have that vibe. Yeah. And this guy is like, he's supposed to be the. It's like he's embarrassed to be a space nerd. He's supposed to be this big, this big scientist. And yet he's portrayed like, you know, he's from Iowa, which I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just saying Iowa because apparently a disappropriate number of astronauts come from Iowa. Ohio, isn't Ohio? it? Ohio? That's oh, one of the two. It's like one of those northern states. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's one of those with too o- many it's vowels. It's got Ohio's in it, so it's like... <laughs> good gravy. Uh, yeah, but that's a very good point. Like, there are no space jocks. Nobody gets to, like, trundle off into space with... But uh, I really did like their 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 chemistry. Like, oh, he's yeah, got this, this thing where he's in his in his dad's shadow. His dad's, like, really impressed by his, by his son. Like, this is a... Yeah, you are the scientist that I never was, which, like, you know, just said makes no sense. But uh, you don't see a lot of positive, like, father-son or just, in general, true. male relationships in, in I, science fiction. I guess, I guess they could do it because they don't need the dramatic tension that they, that they usually need to have, like, uh, dysfunctional relationships between father and son to right. make him worth. And they can just, like, show a positive relationship because I know it's like, we're not going to see him again. Yes, exactly. We don't need to put any drama in here. <laughs> no. Well, the only thing is maybe the thing he's lost, that he's like, his dad is gone and everybody else has missed. And so we go to the launch sequence, and I mean, there I had some like scientific issues with that. Okay, tell me all about your scientific issues okay. with the first start. Yep. Like he is solo pilot on the space shuttle, which is unusual because like he doesn't have a co-pilot. There's nobody else on board. I've been up on the shuttle before, Dad. No, and, and he's no, he is the cargo. He right. So him and his module yeah. are in the cargo hold of the space shuttle. Oh, okay. That right? explains. Because they can launch by, by an arm. Yeah. The, that, the that, shuttle... Okay. okay, in this case, I have new technical issues. Okay. <laughs> in this case. <laughs> yes. Well, okay, so I was going to ask, like, I, I thought he was, like, being this... He was the sole pilot of the space shuttle, and then he he moved to the space plane, and then he went to and had to, like... Oh, like so. And then he's like, so he fly, pilots the shuttle, and he pilots the space plane. And but th- that brings me to the other issue. Like, how the hell did he get in there? Because, like, he clearly didn't, like, move from the pressurized cabin of the uh, shuttle at first. I mean, not that you thing. can see. Like, no. I'm looking at one of the... And if he was the passenger, he, he would have to, like, be put in that plane whenever they loaded the cargo room for the space shuttle. Yeah. Which happens two or three days in advance. So he'd have been, it'd been a long ride in that tiny little capsule. That takes a lot of time. Well, it's like, it is an experimental craft. Maybe, like, the secondary is. experiment is a long-term space toilet. Yeah. <laughs> On your back. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, there's some some interesting shaky cam video when he's like launching out of the space shuttle. And it's like, no, it wouldn't be shaking. It's like, this is all very slow drifting. There's no like shaky cam. Like we are drifting away from atmosphere. Oh, that happens later. That's when when he starts going on. This is when he he fires the boosters. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I'm just like, okay, so we are going to speed up by breaking against the atmosphere. It's a theory. It has to do with overcoming atmospheric friction. Are you completely insane? Well, okay, so it is it is like future space yeah. like science. It makes use of things that to us seem contradictory. Yeah. Like slingshotting around a planet, okay. 
within its frame of reference, yeah. can't do that. No. No, and you, like, can, and you can slingshot relative to another body that it's orbiting and that right. you maybe aren't and, yet. Yeah, they're being pulled in by gravity and thereby accelerating against the atmosphere. And it doesn't work like that. We don't know that it works yeah. like that, but that's what they're trying to prove. So they Fair have... And I kind they, of, have they have fantasy uh, Hey, science. every, yeah. every no, true, scientific true. hypothesis is fantasy until it gains enough evidence to be... I mean, okay. you know, there's, there's a, the, the, the imagination that the atom is splittable was was fanciful at uh, at one true, point. True, true, true. They thought that the atom was the smallest bit of matter, and then right, and then they thought that about protons and electrons. Yeah, and it turns out they're not quite that there as well. Yeah, no, fair enough. It did come back later in the episode where it was right. recognized by uh, uh, the space aliens. We have fantastically much more advanced technology, but not by the pilot. Oh, the okay, pilot, we're getting yeah. ahead of our, our, right. ourselves, yes. but. Okay, so for me, it, I've, I've dropped through a wormhole through time and space yeah. to like back to 1999 where, oh, 18-year-old Kaki was watching this shit for the first time. Yeah. And like my attention was divided between, I think at the time, like Star Trek Voyager, which was still using models, and Babylon 5, yeah. which was using janky CGI and a lot of it. And then this was gorgeous CGI. It is. I'm really surprised at the quality of it. It, right? it, it holds up in, tremendously. I mean, it might be the low resolution, but even then it it holds up really well. It looks it looks amazing. Uh, the beautiful art direction. It's it's, it's gorgeous. I mean, it makes use of a lot of light Hen- and it's, color. It's the Henson workshop, so. Well, so they took, yes, okay. So the bit of a backstory here, This the whole series sort of started, its genesis was the Jim Henson workshop yeah. wanting to showcase what they could, what they could do. Uh, uh, like as early as 1992, and the show came out seven years later, yeah. they were talking about that they wanted to do a weekly uh, a show to just show off what they could oh, wow. do, which was I extraordinary. Mean, I mean, they did things like the storyteller and stuff like yeah. that, which was, like, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and I guess this is storyteller in space so far. And, I mean, like, I, I love the aliens. I mean, there's a few that are clearly straight from the Jim Henson workshop. Who's Yoda? Just little green guy. Trains warriors. Huh. I mean, one of them is an actual Muppet. But before we get there, yes. come on, come on, come on. The wormhole. Yes, the Buck Ro- the, the second Buck Rogers uh, tribute. Wait, is there an actual wormhole no, in it's, Buck Rogers? No, but, it, but it's got the whole, like, him, like, spinning out in his spaceship with blue space lights and him getting frosted over. Uh, and, it, it, like, there was, like, clearly some... Uh, homage. Homage, yeah. yeah. Let's call it that. Which, again, brings me to another point about oh, yeah? the uh, technology stuff. And, like, the oh, fact, God. like, like no, seriously, like, <laughs> yes, his yeah, helmet, no, like, yeah. like, his no, helmet is, like, it's straight from a f***ing X-Wing. Uh, it's got I the know, fa- it's, it's, got got the, the, it's got the face shield. Eye visor. There, but there's no microphone. Nope. There's no oxygen supply. There is there's no like, there's no pressure suit. There's, there's no collar. There's absolutely. He's just in there in a jumpsuit in space pajamas. <laughs> yes, that's exactly with his space sweater underneath it. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that as well. Like they had the whole uh, the suit up room at the beginning, and they were like they were going through the motions like he was being suited up, but they weren't in, not in fact actually suiting him up, which I thought was like kind of cool. <laughs> I guess because he's just cargo. Yeah, at that point, yes. I guess I guess his craft is not intended to make re-entry, even though it's got the sort of heat shield yeah. on the on the bottom. And, and, like, and it must be it has a landing gear as well. And it has. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But probably the idea was that it would be recaptured by the shuttle, and they yeah. would bring him back. Yeah, like, it makes sense. Depends on how far uh, what he was planning to do with his ludicrous speed, which he was supposed to like achieve. He had no idea. That is probably that would have probably been a reason to wear a helmet. I think a, well, an actual ceiling l- helmet. Ludicru- yeah. Oh, yeah. We have no idea where you're going to go, and eh, makes no difference really. How like your oxygen supply isn't going to run out faster if it has a slightly larger cabin to fill. True, but there is the sort of safety and of having an toilet. extra layer of. Well. Gr- <laughs> yes. Okay. No. Maybe it's accessibility for the space toilet. Speaking of space toilets. The wormhole looked like a sort of like a water drain. It did, yes. It was very much water effects, which were like easy to do back in the nineties. I don't know that that was the case. I think this was CGI, in which yeah. case it would have been incredibly expensive to render. True, but I mean, because you had like the sort of triangular apertures and and uh, uh, ripple effects in there. Yeah, it looked great. I mean, like flame was the easiest to do, and then water came the second for CGI, and then like. Wait, what are you talking about? What are you basing this on? Uh, hearsay. Well, okay. So, I had a, I had, I had a dubious flirtation with 3ds Max in, uh, uh, in the, in the early 2000s, inspired by, among other things, Farscape and, and Lex. Like, water inter has internal reflections, right. and it has, yeah, yeah. And it has external reflections. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and caustic reflections and subsurface scattering. Like all of that's incredibly expensive. Okay. And, 
uh, I mean, the, the, the easiest is just like, I guess, a mirror or like yeah. flat matte surfaces. Or just like clouds. Uh, also what, there. Or the space tunnel. What, what did Doctor Who use for the time tunnel oh, space effect? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like as early as the 60s, you had yeah. the, the sort of time tunnel effect. That was a, a sort of video feedback, uh, sort of like uh, a yeah. like an electronic droster effect. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. So yeah. when I when I was watching this the first time as, a, as an enthusiastic young, I mean, I think I was even a... a, a a film student briefly for a trimester Ooh, there. Yes. Yeah, and I saw the, that wormhole effect. Like, it just blew me away, and the light was coming through. It was so spectacular. And then he winds up in an asteroid field. Ah, goddamn asteroid fields. It's always I know. An asteroid field. And asteroid fields don't look like that, but never mind. It's no, a- especially, like, if you're just hugging behind an asteroid, you should be extremely worried. Yes. And, and not just casually on your radio. Hey, Canaveral. Canaveral. And that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, they're, they're radio discipline. Like, you don't talk like that. Hey, Dad, are you there? Dad, where are you guys? <laughs> he got his brain scrambled. Like, my favorite line from, from, from this is his, his line, which I think Ben Browder delivered wonderfully, which was, God, I had... Oh, God, I had... <laughs> Which is just <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you now? Where did you get that? It's like the spaceship. The spaceship is more advanced than I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, Canaveral. 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 Dad. Dad. Canaveral. Yeah. Where are you guys? Where's? That's not good radio discipline. And then we get the credits, which is the first time. So you, Again, how did you, Buck how did Rogers. you feel when you when you saw this? Because, like, you just seen the spaceship, and then, but like I said, it's like looks like a bit of an homage to Buck Rogers. It's like ah. it's the whole like you know, man in space shuttle transported to a different time or space yeah. or place. At was it called again? Unrecorded speeds it was literally a line was that it? one of the NASA scientists uses in the beginning of the episode. Oh, oh. Yes. at previously unrecorded speeds. <laughs> Which I thought was like hilarious as well. It was like he's going to be moving at unrecorded speeds. It's like what does you- that mean? Just, you, we're very good at recording speeds. I was going to say scientifically it makes no sense, but yeah, it immediately goes wrong when he's in the asteroid field. Yes. And he gets clipped by a I don't know if it's a drunk driver, but certainly it's, someone gonna, it's a bone being- of contention about the, like what I had about like the motivation about certain characters in this episode. But yeah, yeah. It's like he is literally drifting there, and these ships yeah. buzz past him three times, and on the third time, one of them clips his wing and goes crashing in to an asteroid and apparently that is the guy's fault who is just drifting there doing bugger yes, all. Yes, that makes his module his perfectly stationary parked car for the for the crime of having his 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 mirror on the outside. No, it is now a death pod. Yeah, a white it's, it's, death it is pod. his fault. He killed the other guy who flew into him. It's like, ah. Oh. Well, maybe that's just how our jurisprudence works in this in this part of space. It's a, well, it's a, it's I mean, a you touch it last precedent. It seems like I mean there seems to be some odd legalities going on anyway, but we'll get to that. So next up is the first shot we get of the the Moira, I believe it's called Moya. It's Moya. Just, no, it's not the Moya. Oh, Moya. It's just, just, it is Moya because it's like it is, that's it, her name. It is well, it is a uh, how do they call it again? A, a biomechanoid, a living ship, which is like quite beautiful. It's and it gorgeous. does at least it doesn't have the weird gut sounds that the uh, Traveller did in Star Trek. No, tin, in the Tin Man episode. Oh, yes. I know. We should gum to. The background sounds in that ship were literally recorded by putting a microphone against someone's stomach yeah. and recording the gurgling sounds that his guts were well, making. Well, there is still like a lot of gurgling and like bubbling and yeah. uh, and, and, and fluid mechanics on there. But yeah, all of them have a sort of mechanical yeah. vibe to them as well. So he's uh, he's 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 caught in, in uh, caught in the magnetic field and he's dragged into this uh, into the hold of this craft. And I thought that was really cool that they had this little this tractor beam pod, I suppose, which was moving ahead of him, this, and like yeah, the gravity dildo. Kind of, oh well, that's what you want to call it. Well, it's, <laughs> like, it's a yeah, like a, it's a it's a giant sort of one that I think they call it the docking web, oh, as if there's sense. sort of like a, yeah. a, a gravity splurge. And then they like he uh, yeah he gets drawn in his his ship gets put down, which when you see the. Uh, the that was landing quick gear. thinking on his part, yeah. by the way. To like just the landing gear. Oh, shit, yeah. landing gear, and fold the wings in when yeah. once he realized that. Which was also like, yeah, impressive. So he's on he's on this this ship. He has his own spacecraft now, and that, that he's going to fly that for uh, for a while. Mm. Well, is it going to come back in later episodes? I mean, you don't think so immediately because it's, it's immediately useless. set on fire. I was going to say, and it's useless. Oh, that, that that was a weird thing as well. Yeah, you get these little like little bots coming up and like investigating the ship, and yeah. like suddenly- what do you think those are called? Oh, oh. It's your first time. Scunners. You get them. 
Scunners? No, that's like that's that, that's, that's red dwarf. That's red dwarf. I know. I was like, <laughs> it can't be a reference to everything. No, you are correct. I'd like I shouldn't go. Let, let's stay a little bit in the same thing. Let's call them scuttlebots. Scuttlebots. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he meets one of these scuttlebots, which scuttles over the canopy of his, his craft, possibly thereby causing the fire in, on the on the interior. Well, that's that's the impression I got at least. Yeah, I was right? like, how the hell did that happen? But yeah, it's like it, I mean, it's probably some like misunderstanding of technology. And, and he uh, pops the canopy and in, in a like this big gaseous release, and he like quickly hurries out of the ship. That one did make me wonder whether this was a reusable craft because. Well, at that point, if that's I was, the only way to get out is to eject the canopy. Well, that was what led me to this. Like, how did he get into there? Until so you mentioned <laughs> that he was probably like loaded in as cargo, which yeah. I, at, at first I thought like he was piloting the shuttle as well when it was like being launched. But you know, it's like they're they're probably launching those shuttles quite frequently at this point. Or at least that, that's, that's the idea because that's that's still what they were doing at the nineties. You know, they were still working towards. Uh, I mean, we oh, lost true. We'd lost the the, the great lo- pools hadn't started yet. Yeah, well, well they, yeah, they'd lost the uh, the. Chat Challenger, of course, yes. in '86, but Columbia went in. I mean, it probably was after this because I'm pretty sure. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure that it said actually said Columbia on the side of the ship that you see seeing launched. It was, oh dear! It was probably shots from the Columbia that they used for this. Well, one, so. uh, you never can quite see because originally he was supposed to be a NASA pilot. That yeah. was in the that was in the script, and then it was realized that in order to be able to use NASA iconography, NASA would have to have script approval on all. Yeah, scripts. Yeah, God. Yeah, I can imagine. And I mean, they still, Which, you know, fair. But kind of, you still use the meatball logo. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's clearly an homage. And we have him walking through the corridors of the ship. Well, under threat by one of these uh, uh, yeah, scuttlebots, as you as you call. It. Well, yes. it's got a like little. It's got like a, a, a lighter. It Which, sort of flashes. Yeah, at and him then and suddenly you get the, the the white out of the screen, and then apparently this is enough motivation for him to like keep moving around. He gets prodded in the back of the uh, of his leg a few times. Like, See, we can sort of imagine going. that this is the moment where Crichton was executed, and the rest of the series is just ah, his it's dying like, brain. It's like the Garfield moment. In yeah. The- <laughs> whoa. Whoa. That's heavy. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. This is this is where he enters the Tommy Westfall universe. Tommy Westfall. Oh God! It's from. Um, oh, what was it St. Elmo's Fire? Or uh, it's a it's a hospital drama in oh. the in the eighties where the final episode, like zooming out from the hospital, and the hospital was in a snow globe. Yeah. Next to the bed of a boy who was in a coma. Oh, and if it was like and all then some in the of the doctors or yeah. And, and and you saw some of the like the actors who played doctors playing other characters there and like oh, oh yeah he wow. just looks at that all day long, but okay so here's where it gets really really deep. Yeah. That show had crossovers with other shows. That was <laughs> normally in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Like you had the same characters oh, this must appearing. Be a crossover episode. Yeah. So that the boy was called Tommy Westfall. If you figure out like every show that had a crossover with. Another show that had a crossover with St. Elmo's yeah. Fire has to have also been in his imaginary universe. <laughs> and it's like at one point, 60% of all television took place in the in mind, mind of this, oh, of, this wow. of this boy. Oh, well, it's like good for your franchise. Now we get introduced to some of the other cool characters. The, the and bridge honestly, scene. My, my favorite bridge of, of any spacecraft. Uh, Moya's is so gorgeous. You've got oh. the you've got the vaulted ceilings. You've got the copper tones, the earth tones. You've got almost no recognizable like control station or whatever. It's a well, vast there, floor. There, there's obviously like there's a few stations here and there. But what we're just supposed to do? Yeah. Like, we've never you never we get a no shot. Idea. You never get a shot of the actual control. Well, later you get a shot of the uh, the the, the trackball manual control thing. <laughs> yes, like, I noticed that. Too. It was like yeah, it was like oh, someone used a big trackball type device and then put it on a on a joystick and then mounted it on a rotor rotating pedestal and See, it was- I wonder if we were doing this with someone who was actually like born after uh, uh, this had aired you know uh, I mean a 22 year old adult at this yeah. time would they be able to recognize one oh. of those ergonomic trackball mice maybe I don't have no idea and yes we see the various other people on the ship um, yeah, so a blue uh, a blue dome or whatever she's called. Uh, I forgot her name. I don't think. I what actually, do you What do you think she's called? I actually, no, I'm no, trying you to get think to, if you I get actually her. if I actually got her name. Uh, I mean, I can tell you, but what she's uh, she's the priest of something or the other. I got that. Uh, I have very few notes on her. That's the one that that's the one character I have the least on. Do you I know mean, why I think that is? Yeah, because she can make sense. Like she uh, talks sense a lot of the time. This is true. And whenever she opens her mouth, which is which I is mean, not that often. I mean, okay, let's not go Pandoran on her, but that that seems a little bit unfair. <laughs> For a start, she's not feline and tall enough. But uh, yes, oh, but she is 
gorgeous. She is. She's she's beautiful. Like she's got the spots the, the, the hair. Yeah, it's well, not the hair. The uh, the thing. Well, hair. That's the department of the other alien that we meet on the on the bridge, and there's uh, who has like tentacles and tattoos. Oh yes, and- tentacles. <laughs> That's that's what we're going with. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call it. I mean, I could go with Space Gimli, but let's go with Tentacles. <laughs> He's a bit tall for Space Gimli, but then again, so... I know, so but he, he does have the face for it. John Rhys Davies. And yeah, he, he does. does give a good tongue lashing as like... <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, eat your heart out, Jar Jar Binks. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And I think his name is actually Darko. Oh, very good. Dargo. Dargo. It's okay, so there's an R in there. D, that it, uh, well, D apostrophe A-R-G-O. Oh, oh, yeah, it's like the, it's a, the Argo. The Argo. It's the a space Ar- one. Yeah. And Miss Miss Blue. Did you have a name for Miss her? Blue. You're so good I at coming I up with... I haven't well, got you, a name do, for do her, you yes. Think, is anything coming to you no, in this moment for Misty, a spoiler for their Misty. actual names? Misty. Misty. Let's go with Misty Blue. <laughs> Misty Blue. That's Pauzoto Zan. Zan oh, is her name. Okay. And I'm terrible with names, so that's the thing. So yes, we've got Tentacles and uh, Zaul. That's like oh, let's Zan, go with Zan. Let, no, let's go Zaul. with Misty. Miss Misty. Misty. Misty is what she said. And they see this weird alien come aboard. To them, it's not an alien. To them, it's a peacekeeper. Well, yes, yes. yes. Okay, they would no, rec- no, they someone... would immediately recognize him as a peacekeeper. Peacekeeper. I'm human. Homo sapien sapien. Yeah, uh, they didn't recognize his craft, no. which is why they were curious. Your ship appeared from nowhere, and we don't know that technology. If they'd known, if they'd they seen his face, they aboard. would have brought him aboard. Yes. I liked that when he walks onto the onto the bridge, he can't understand them. Like, and yeah, they yeah. sound so alien. It is it's like, like weird sounds, weird yeah. noises, and until like, he gets injected with the ankle babel fish, or uh, like as we like the mitochondrial. <laughs> uh, Whatever they call them, uh, the babel bugs. The, oh, I like it. The babel bugs. <laughs> yes, the, the translator microbes. They colonize the base of the brain, help us understand each other. Yes. Why you weren't injected at birth, I cannot fathom. I now that one I thought was weird. Yeah. If you're injected at birth with translator microbes, yeah. How do you develop language? Good point. Interesting. I also right? noticed that the injector was pushed against the sole of his boot rather than his actual ankle, but, you know. I like to like, think that it just drilled way down and just drilled, <laughs> like, straight. Let's but, assume so. They're and like very quickly, like, their weird noises resolve into language that he can understand. It was a good scene. It did a good morph from alien gibberish to... Uh, so how was that for you as a, as a first-time watcher? I mean, I kind of expected it. Like, as soon as I heard that the aliens were speaking alien, I knew that there was going to be coming something to make him understand. Yeah. And then when I saw the injector thing, I was like, okay, so apparently we're going the Babelfish route. And like, But I thought it, the transition was very well done, how it went from yeah, right. a- alien to understandable. And then we have the other, the, the, the first other alien other than Tentacles, who was like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm I, okay, I'm going with Mushroom Head, which is a bit like oh, oh. obvious. Vito, like, Vito, he Vito. can't be Mushroom Head. Vito Fiasco. No, wait, that's... <laughs> I know. I, I I think that Dominar Rigel the Sixteenth. Uh, that was uh, great. That's a good name. Yeah, right. but no, that was named like Rigel the Sixteenth is not Mushroom Head, but the pilot is um, the Mushroom Head. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yes, no, I get you now. See, he yeah. appears as a first as a, as a, a hologram. hologram. Yeah, yeah. In this clamshell, which is so cool. Clamshell? Yes, like that's where the hologram appears. Oh, it's sort I of this 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 clamshell, right. and then there's that. like a there's yeah, like yeah. a bubble of no, no, homography I, I, I in there. I hadn't noticed. I hadn't noticed the fact that it was actually inside a physical object, which like showed the pilot because no. it happens to also like match the dome of his. Exactly. That's why I thought it was just like his I kind of I, I kind of assumed that to be part of the uh, the projection or something. Did you realize that the voice of a uh, uh, pilot? Do you know what? I won't. I won't actually say it. Let's see if you ever figure it All out. All right, I'll, I shall try to listen into into the next episode and find out who does the voice of pilot. Now this is a challenge. I'll, yes, I'll, this I'll, is going to be a fun I'll little I'll happily game. take that challenge on because I probably won't get it. But yes, let's go for that. Next episode, I will have three names, which I think that is going to, are going to be the voice of pilot. And <laughs> there we go. Two of them are probably going to be facetious, and one might be an actual guest, but we'll see where it goes. That seems like a good pattern for this show. There we go. Uh, so yeah, he. I mean, a Rachel, is eyebrows. A, 
Uh, okay, He's so huge. yeah, m- moving on to to Rigel, whom you described as like uh, guy brows, three eyebrows, eyebrows. Oh, eyebrows. Guy, guy brows, the guy brows, three foot. Yes, there's a little bit of gremlin in him, I suppose, with the like ear brows, ear brows. That's probably better. Let's go with ear brows. Right, yeah, ear brows. You know what? I think that's what they're actually called. I loved his his outfit, and this is something that I was a little bit confused about. All of these prisoners are wearing their own clothes. Yes. Even though the fact that they apparently have been on penal planets for like Years, who knows how or long cycles, as yes. they as they call them. Yes, I spent three cycles on a maximum labor planet. The local space equivalents of years. Zan is wearing her blue like a, a, a gown and a, a dargo tentacles. Tentacles, yes, that's right. <laughs> Their big challenge at this point is to get rid of what they call the control collar of the ship. Yes, there is nothing I can do. Not while the control collar is still in place. Which is like a, a sort of huge building, like, attached to the outside of this giant yeah, that, me- I, I, mechanoid. I did not actually notice at first that that was, like, a separate thing. I thought that was just, like, part of the ship and, like, the I mean, how collar. would you know, right? No, totally. And apparently you can remove this by reaching into the control panel and ripping out a few of the space guts of the uh, the ship. So that's interesting, because that was that was what Dargo did out of desperation, yeah. like, ripping synapses, which... Which are apparently tubes with liquid in them. And, uh, according to Pilot, unrelated... Those synapses were tearing out on the wire to the control collar. I shall keep pulling until I find the ones that are. But when it starts to happen, uh, like Zan is sort of in a trance and her hands are moving at crazy speed over this control while she's, while she's praying. Yeah. And she asks him whether he did it. And they, the code wall is dimming. The coding wall, it's dimming. Yes. Which I thought was beautiful imagery. That was an interesting uh, for turn of phrase, yes. I guess she just randomly hit on the code after having, having Probably. tried it. Probably, and she was like using her priestly powers to try and like break the code of the uh, control collar. And apparently tentacles ripping out the guts of the control panel happened to coincide with the uh, yeah. event of the collar coming off. The control collar is coming off. And with the collar off, Moya can perform the, the single defensive maneuver of which she's capable. It is the single defensive maneuver that she is capable of. Starburst. 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 I hate Starburst. Which is basically running away. Yes, but zapping away, apparently, yeah. like at crazy... Like, it creates its own sort of gash in space. Yeah, it was and some, travels like some sort of wormhole portal, which they apparently never heard about. I don't think it's a wormhole. No. Because it's, it's like a ring of energy that it projects... Like, it starts at the back. It travels around the ship. Yeah. And then it sort of manifests, and then, and then the pe- ship travels. And then it peels back again, or the ship uh, moves out to the other side of this bubble, which it's created. Which is, like, apparently, like, unique to Leviathans, these yeah. biomechanoid ships, because, yeah, now they're scot-free. Yep. And the, and the, and the Although they carrier. did bring one of the space fighters from the opposing party Yes. Along. So it's not, just, it's not just for the ship itself, which is what I initially thought when I saw it, because, oh. like, there's this skin effect on the ship, where the, uh, the skin of the yes. ship turns blue, and it's right, more that electrified. could just be reflecting... Or something. And then cut to the scene on the bridge. The bridge of the command carrier. Yes, Captain Bail Organa. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's actually surprisingly good. At first I thought it was like it's the same guy who plays Q in Star Trek, but like there's a resemblance at first. I see what you mean. It's in his sort of stance of disdain. Yes. And his his dismissal and his and his haughtiness. But his name is Crace, right? Crace, very good. Commander Crace. And he's got like his hair is gorgeous. It's 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 just millimeter razor, just like his beard. Right. He does have a ponytail, doesn't he? Like- well, if you look at it, like it's not a ponytail. Like the female officer there has it as well. Oh yeah. The ponytail is wrapped in in ribbon. Yeah. Like a like a queue. I think that's what you would you oh, call it. Oh right, yeah. So it's like kind kind of like the top knot from a samurai, but much lower. Yeah. Like a back knot. Actually, <laughs> the back knot. Yes, that's yeah. right. His his sort of millimeter like razored haircut is so gorgeous. Like everything is so precise. Yeah. And he's got the little mustache from Flash Gordon. And, uh, what Ming? Ming? Well, not quite Ming. It, it sort of reminds me more of like uh, uh, Tony Stark. Oh in, yes, in the yes. Marvel films, yes, who also no, totally. had these yeah. very precise, yes, like, exactly absolutely. angular. And he's on the on the bridge of the command carrier, which has these these gorgeous like Soviet constructivist. It's a, a little bit Star Warsy. It's a little bit you know the 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 big open bridge with the controls on the side and the I window at, and, and the window yeah. at the front. But uh, the the red, white, and black is such a it's such a cool color scheme. 
very imperialistic, very much like, okay, we are clearly meant to be the bad guys, and we are apparently like escorting this prisoner ship, which has been in the middle of a mutiny and escaped, and now we are... Yeah. And he immediately develops a personal quest against our uh, hero, John Creighton, uh, who is, uh, like, yes. because he killed his brother. Whoever killed my brother will pay dearly. By hanging there in space doing nothing. He attacked his brother in his white death pod. You charged my brother's prowler in that white death pod of yours. Yeah, Which like is like, he's I, I, like, I mean, an insane military that commander. Was, that was straining my suspension of disbelief a little bit, you know, that's like, because he, he literally was reviewing the footage of it happening and it's like, oh no, this is clearly his fault. Yeah. Like, I mean, if he was grief-stricken, I could have bought that, but like, he didn't show any of that. It was just like immediate anger at his brother being unjustly killed by some, someone doing nothing at all. Just like <laughs> getting flown yeah. into by his gung-ho brother who had been making close-by passes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's like some crazy motorcyclist driving past a parked Renault Twingo in the yes. streets of Paris and well, then accusing the... doing a wheelie and then banging against the wing mirror of that car and then blaming the driver exactly. of that car. He was it's like, like right, right. He was the Ayrton Senna of, of space pilots. And Kreis uh, blames it on the, oh, do I have a driving reference for someone who sort of stands still? Oh, yeah, the James May oh, of space pilots. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we're 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 back on Moya now. Moya has come out of out of Starburst while yep. uh, 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 Crace is is all confused, uh, and Crichton finally gets a moment to breathe and like ask what's going on. Not like he's been doing anything really. It's like he wasn't involved. But basically, he gets confronted immediately by uh, uh, Tentacles and uh, <laughs> yes. uh, who who tongue lashes him and finds himself in a prison cell. But not before uh, Dargo and Zan get to have a scene together. Now, oh, yes. that one I thought was we'd been following we'd been following Crichton so far, yeah. the the fish out of water human, and now we see uh, 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 two aliens. Yes, having a little bit of a moment, yes. and seeing how alien the aliens are to each other. To like, each other, yes. She asked him how old he is. Thirty. Oh, you're but a boy. Mm, you are but a boy. I was like, no, I've been to two campaigns. Oh, and she's Only like, two. Oh, oh, two. <laughs> Only two. That's nice, darling. The dick measuring contest. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Balls on her. She's supposed to be a priest of some sort of like. Let's not call it a sex cult. That's like a little bit too far. But like, apparently she's they do like enjoy the fourth sensation. The fourth, yeah, the fourth sensation. That was it. I was going to say the fourth I've pleasure. I've experienced this. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I loved how she introduced herself. Like, even among my people, I was a bit of an anarchist. And yes. then my favorite, like philosophically, a very challenging line. Actually. I was the leading anarchist. Like, what the f*** does that mean? <laughs> How can okay. you be the leading, leading anarchist? anarchist yes. I mean, and you, she said it with such relish and I mean, smugness. I guess you, there'll be a lot more to her. It's like, she, she seemed a little bit undervalued in this episode, I'll say. It's like, she was there, and but I didn't get a lot of her. Uh. Yes, I think that's... No, I think that's very fair to say. And I think that's also partly because, like, she makes sense and good decisions most of the time yeah which is like generally not a good recipe for an for a Speaking long running for show. someone who makes sense but doesn't make good decisions we get rigel but again on uh, uh, uh Crichton's prison cell uh, ah uh, yes he comes moving in and like starts i have no idea what he's doing with the controls there he's just sitting there going beep 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 on the controls of the cell and oh, nothing actually happens and it, it does eventually he, oh. he's trying to open the locker with their possessions oh that's which takes like the entire scene for it to, for oh, it to happen oh that's what's meantime. going on i thought he was like messing with the control settings or something but yeah he's like he seems to be a little bit of uh, loose fingered for someone who's supposed to be supposedly in control of the planet yeah and he's oh. a and he's a bit of a voyeur like his first thing when he he looks through the suspiciously wide bars Yes. Look at John Crichton's rock hard astronaut ass. Why did you take off my clothes? I thought you were going to say abs. <laughs> potato, potato, and, potato, potato. Uh, yeah, he notices the other human uh, sitting there in the corner in her well, spacesuit at the time. That, like he calls it, and, and at, the, at the time, like, okay, so I was so overwhelmed the first time I saw it, I thought that this was going to be an alien. I had not put together, we've actually seen the species that <laughs> yes. occupies. No, no, yeah, no. We've seen Commander Crace and, and all uh, the other humans on the ship. All the other, yeah, exactly. And it it so, didn't occur to you that it was just a flight suit. Exactly. Okay. I thought well, it was going enough. to be yeah. wild, and, uh, wild and alien. And then out comes, here comes the sun. Officer Aaron's son. Well, Do you have she a nickname have... for her? Oh, no, I haven't got You and your fun nicknames? No. See, this is one of the things that Crichton does a lot. He has these cool, like, cultural references. Look, Lassie here is trying to communicate with us. 
So yeah. you get to be the Crichton for this show, really. I, I suppose I do, yes. No, I didn't expect her really to be a thing, although I should have, because like clearly she's the the normal human in this space who knows yeah. about things and he is this he is the stranger in the strange land who's and like, so she immediately like judo head smashes him against the wall he gets thrown to the ground yep. and gets put in a very compromising position yes uh, the sort of scissor grip the, yes the, 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 like squeeze, the thigh you, master. squeeze you between the thighs yes yeah, squeeze you like a ripe melon and kind of lot headlock with you know it's like <laughs> yeah. it's a very intimate position to keep a man in like or anybody for that matter yeah she goes rank and regiment what is your rank and regiment because she recognised him as a member of her species. Yes, and she immediately assumes him to be in the service. And I can't believe you weren't like weeded out at birth. You're a weakling, or you're like. <laughs> yeah. like oh. They do have a lot of like species supremacists. Don't it is they? a bit weird, yeah. isn't it? Like, uh, and, and I mean, who made the humans the enforcers anyway? It's like, are we going to learn about that later? I'll try to keep those questions to a minimum. Yeah, because I'm going to struggle. I tell okay. you, what, yeah, okay. Uh, let's see if I can, I can give you a couple of a couple of hypotheses. A. Yeah. You were completely correct, and someone put them in charge of policing the universe. Okay. B, total coincidence, on the inside, she's actually a bunch of slugs oh. in a skin suit. Yes. C, androids. It sounds like your cat is experiencing the fourth sensation. My cat, my cat is well. always experiencing the fourth sensation around this time, <laughs> which, which is, is hunger. like hunger. <laughs> now, we'll come up with some more, with some more hypotheses as, uh, uh, let uh, me, as things let, go along. And let me try to come up with the next one, shall <laughs> okay. I? Okay. Oh, no, yeah, that's right, based on the information <laughs> yeah, you have. Uh, I mean, we see Crichton already struggling to make sense of the world that he finds himself in. What the hell is this? When the other prisoners arrive for, oh, my possessions have been finally unlocked and it is time for us to eat. Eat what? Yes, that's. Uh, I thought they put a like interesting emphasis. <laughs> yeah. I guess if you're a prisoner, that's an important thing. Like you go like, oh, dinner time. Like everything gets dropped. Although yeah. uh, Rigel the Sixteenth does manage to grab the ring that will come back later in the episode, I believe. Does it? Wait, yeah, does it? It's in the puzzle ring that he uses to get the guards with. The puzzle ring is around uh, uh, Crichton's uh, finger. Uh, oh, the one he's actually wearing. It's oh, the, around his neck. Oh, he's that's wearing the lucky like ring. A, oh, the good right. luck charm. So it's that's not the same ring. Yuri Gagarin's cock ring. Ooh, it wasn't very well hung then, was he? Well, that's the puzzle. But Rigel, ooh, that's, that's one. It's like start at the small ring and then you have to expand it. If you have to rub and push it in the right ways and like. Jesus. <laughs> so much for the PG-13 rating. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So they, uh, uh, we, we see Crace seeing the face of his, his yes, brother's and killer. Yes, and hands, and hands, like... Peel back the image. I want to see who is inside. Peeling back the image, they call Which it. Which is like, well, you know, let's not go there. Like, it's like space technology. The, the who knows said, what the they see said, like micrometer uh, radiation scanning, whatever. So we go to dinner. There's like uh, green food cubes. Which yeah, is like, and these and these balls and these crisps. I thought it was all kind of uh, kind of cool. And lots of blah blah blah. I liked how Crichton didn't just die when he ate space food. Right. I mean, I would have like watched uh, the other human being eat and see like, okay, so, so she's eating this. So apparently, again, this is, like fine. Maybe a human, maybe an android, maybe some slugs. Fair enough. But like, as far as he knows, she's human, and as far as I know, as well. They were able to detect that he wasn't the same species as her, though. Your By body her has intestinal flora. You have some decidedly unfamiliar bacteria living within you. Now, how did they get those samples? Do you think? Well, I mean, he wasn't a cell. I mean, there might have been a toilet there, which we didn't see about. Sooner or later, one of us is going to have to find a bathroom. Okay. Now we're going to have to devote an entire episode to Space what are toilets. the toilets like on Moya? Yeah. Even I uh, do not know. We we never find out. I wonder yeah. if it's like Lex. Do you remember that that Gonzo Canadian German yeah, yeah. sci-fi I just series? I don't remember the toilet. So on their living ship, the gigantic yeah. alien, insectoid creature, you do see the toilet, yeah. and it's this this sort of fleshy throne with a tongue. Ah, yes. That gives you a little wipe afterwards. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Because hey, it's all nutrients. It's I, all I know. It it's, all gets reconstituted yes. anyway. That's the whole reason for and having the, a, a living ship. And there's the deleted scene from oh, what's the one with Tim Allen again? Um, oh, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Yes, where oh, where Alan, Alan Rickman's yes. character gets shown around his quarters, and there's like. We had to make some assumptions about your anatomy. <laughs> and the, you've got this weird pipes and things and gantries <laughs> yes. and stuff, toilets. And you like it, it looks like a f***ing torture chamber. You <laughs> see, there must be, like, the toilets on Moya have to support all of these different species. I, I mean, was she used... I mean, does that ever get resolved? I mean, 
everybody was a prisoner on Moya. Yeah. So was it a prisoner ship or was the ship itself also a prisoner? I mean, yes, to both. So it's a prisoner transport. Yeah. Uh, but the Leviathans exist, and this one was captured and used by these by these right. peacekeepers, and they used it as a as a prisoner transport. So actually, yes, the, 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 the ship tra- itself was also, also a prisoner. A prisoner. And, uh, hence the control. control color and everything. Exactly. And I guess there weren't any like actual prison guards on board of the ship because, or maybe they managed to get rid of them in a, some sort of coup. One of the prisoners, the Hynerian royal, somehow secured the key codes to the prisoners' cells and. Yeah, there's no Rigel piles does, of dead bodies around. No, true. And and Rigel does talk about like bribing the guards to get the security codes or whatever. Maybe it was a shift change. Yeah, but none of them are on board. And like, uh, I guess that's one of the unresolved mysteries. I mean, there is one peacekeeper on board now, and she's but, on yeah, the ball like, she was while they're dining. Yeah, she came from the command carrier. But yeah. so she's trying to get one of these cool like two tined forks. Yes, and I love that pretty, it was a. Yeah. It was a beautifully designed fork mm. with just two... T- like, is that an actual instrument that people use on Earth anywhere? I, I, think, guess- it, I think originally, like, you know, back in, like, when forks start becoming a thing, they oh, were right. two tines were the norm. Yeah, and it was then, like on, a two-pronged knife exactly, it's to like, help yeah, with the cutting. Yeah. Exactly. And then, I guess, like, food and there's a little bit of her fork stealing gets kind of like... Uh, thrown out but his fork stealing gets unnoticed that is so smart because we're so convinced that he's this fish out of water at this point we're not paying attention to he's learning yeah very fast very I mean, very fast and he should be he's a scientist apparently although he sh- he talks like a hick and uh, he's a space well okay a little on. bit it's like it talks with like an Ohioan or a whatever. What, what did we say again? Hawaiian, Hawaiian, not Hawaiian. Okay, so now there's Hawaiians. three places that you think are Ho- no, no Hawaiians, Ohioans, and Ohioans or something. <laughs> like Ohioans, that's the one you're talking about. So what they want out of out of uh, them two thinking that he's also a peacekeeper is knowledge about this planet that they've arrived in and whether it's safe to land at the commerce station. Well, they ask her. They're catching on to the fact that he's not one oh, of yeah, the peacekeepers. Right. Yeah, realizing that there is a resource that they need because and, and, of all the synapses yeah. that he uh, that Dargo ripped loose. You also caused Moya to hemorrhage most of it, very sentient fluid. Yes. Uh, the ship is crawling along at Hetch 2. Hetch 2. Whatever I mean, Hetch is. I, I kind of dig that these, these translator microbes work such that anything that, that you don't know, that you no, don't have a common frame not. of reference yeah. for, but that is an absolute, just gets its own word. Exactly, yeah. I mean, like, you need to have some sort of conversion unit built in. And like, I guess once, once you learn what it is, you, it, it'll start working, or maybe you just, like, figure it out. Well, it has to be a new word, because if yeah. the translator microbes make it sound like anything else that you already no, right. know, then you're going to make incorrect assumptions. Like, right. they talk about a, a distant unit of a metra. Now, how far is that? Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, so she, she she doesn't give them them any information. They decide to land after all. And then we get basically like the to cantina the shopping yes. scene. Again, more a lot of Jim Henson productions being put to showcase here. Yeah. Uh, and certainly like a gigantic insectoid Muppet. With, with a lot of teeth. Do you know that that was actually an accident? Oh? That was like a, a spinal tap miscommunication. The, the the sort of insectoid merchant that Rigel has a, yeah. has a, has a chat with was built to entirely the wrong scale. They were supposed to, I guess they were supposed to be roughly the same scale, but uh-huh. the insect was 10 times larger. <laughs> and they had to, like, they spent a whole afternoon trying to wedge it into the set oh, before being able but to it, operate it. It, it kind of looks like that, because it kind of looks like it's, it's like a hunky yeah. through a doorway, sitting there trying to, like, have a communication with Rigel, which is like a negotiation which pretty much takes the entire time on planet because there's a few cutbacks yeah. to that and they're still like talking to it and then eventually they quickly pull him out of there but all the time they've been like negotiating on the trinkets that he's like stolen and trying to sell <laughs> yeah i kind of like that that like apparently the aristocrat is like the biggest crook of them all well which, yeah i mean how do people stay rich by not parting with money if and, they can and if acquiring they can help more it. yes He's, he's he's sort of like a, a Ferengi aristocrat, which I really dug. And he is not intimidated by this giant, like, steam-spewing, snarling insect no, monster. No, he just knows what it was for. He's like, he's a merchant, he's doing his thing. So, cue Captain Organa trying to catch up with them, like, landing things on... Like, there's an interesting thing how things happen slowly for a long time, and then whole, all of a sudden they, they have occurred. Well, the science fiction television. True. They are on the planet where our big hero, Tentacles, gets to show what a great hero he is with the sword by not actually hitting anybody with it. It yeah. also doesn't look like, honestly, a great sword. No. 
it's it's really heavy. And he's like later on, he's he's sharpening it. You get these sh- sword sharpening sounds. He's sharpening it with a cloth. Is it's weird, but you know, and he like he doesn't impale anybody. He doesn't actually hit anybody with it. Now we do get to see uh, this 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 commerce planet does appear to be the planet of the nice hats because when oh, Zan yes. arrives, she has this cool cowl. Ah, yes, that that sort of looks like like a a floral membrane. Mm. It's it's this lovely soft blue cloth, yes. and Kreis has got his little East German style uh, yes. navy cap on. I was going to say he was he was wearing like a fast food hat painted yes. painted well, in, well, in black what, leather. That's kind of what they look like. So yeah, the other thing that I was like thinking about, like where are you from? And like I am from Earth, and like my first thought was, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He said uh, he claims to be a human from a planet called Earth. Earth, yeah, <laughs> but you know, like. There's the other things like eighty percent of all home planets are called Earth or ground or something like That's that. That's why like, I like like the, the the translator microbes for her apparently didn't do that that job and they just not, thought it's herp herp. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that feeds into your theory of like we need new words for new things. Yes, and exactly. Therefore, like that uh, these microbes, these these babel bugs. Oh my. God, if they could, like, bugs. If, I, I, I if we had that, Mabel yeah. bugs and and we were listening to your cat, like it would just be st- feed I'm me. so feed hungry. It would be an aria of hunger. I am starving. Cat has never been fed in his entire life. Yeah. Says local cat. Yes, uh, but yeah, it sort of it sort of detects when somebody says something that somebody else should not understand and therefore doesn't translate it. Yeah, I guess right? that works. It's not that she says, "Oh, he's from a planet called Mud." I know about mud. Or uh, you know, dirt, dirt yeah. soil, poop, whatever. Makes sense, yeah. So yeah, Captain Organa has a big grandstanding about like capturing Creighton and. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so isn't that his name, John Creighton? Crichton. 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 You're, you're, you're making it into a fun sort of pastiche of Cretin, which honestly is not wrong. We don't know who this Cretin is. Cretin, Crichton, you know. Cretin, like let's call the whole thing off. And she actually comes to his aid, Aaron, Aaron Sun does. She does a bit after she gets threatened with, like, oh, you might have been exposed to aliens too much. Peacekeeper High Command has very clear parameters regarding contact with unclassified alien life forms. Yeah. Which is so weird. vindictive. No, it it's is. pure vindictiveness on his part. Like, he's just he's just pulling some some weird. Uh, some red tape out yeah. of his ass to, uh, to punish someone that he does not want no. talking to him. Which makes really no sense because. Like I mean, I guess that like on the prison ship, you get like also get exposed hey, to them. On, on on in Star Wars, we have like a managerial style that involves just choking any bitch that True. you disapprove of, and just like there's only one guy who does that though. That, that doesn't seem to be institutional, but we don't know how that goes exactly. around here. Exactly. No, so true, he true, just true, sort true. of undermines and and imprisons and accuses, yes. and that's that's how so you get shit done. He wanders off. There's the whole scene where uh, a Crichton uh, manages to like puzzle dazzle the guard by like uh, using the oh, and it's know. a field resourcefulness exercise. A field resourcefulness exercise. And suddenly all the guards are cockneys. Com- completely, and yeah, they're completely obsessed by this little puzzle ring and manages. Well, the, the other one thinks that oh, now it's a weapon. What is it's this? Weapon, while they're while they're handling Yuri Gagarin's cock ring. <laughs> Where did this whole Yuri Gagarin thing come okay, from? Okay, no, it, it's probably too small to be a cock ring, but maybe like a geish or something, maybe a PA. Oh, that sounds about right. Except yeah. like it's like it's made out of one piece or three pieces actually. There, that seems like too complicated. So maybe that's a fun sort of chastity game that he was playing. Oh, I don't know what, uh, what Yuri Gagarin I mean, like was into. Yeah, right. Hang it. Now figure out how to put it back together again. Where does the Yuri Gagarin reference come from? Like, there's like a mention right at the beginning when he's talking about Yuri Gagarin with his yes. dad as well. So yes, but I, don't, that's, I, I didn't that's quite this get that. ring. So yeah. this is a puzzle ring that was gifted by Yuri Gagarin to Crichton's dad, oh, and then okay. Crichton's dad gifted right. it back no, to I John. As okay, a, yeah. I get that. Yeah, that's your good luck charm. Yuri Gagarin gave you that. Oh, listen, you hang on to it. You give it back to me tonight, okay? Oh uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I mean, Yuri Gagarin did go on a world tour of. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, after thing. He was never allowed to uh, go to space again, although he did die in a plane crash. Oh, did he? During a training accident. So, like, you know, you never know what, like, if that was a training accident, if they actually wanted to get rid of him or not. Oh, like, yeah. It's a good way to make a hero of the Soviet uh, disappear or something. Uh, and, and a hero is what uh, what Crichton turns out to be. Like, after he uses this this distraction, yeah. he, he seizes one of the one of the weird-looking weapons from the yeah, so holster like a, of a, a one of like these a, guards. Like the noisy cricket we have from... Uh, I know, it's, it's little, and it doesn't really have, like, an choose, aperture. Like, and it chews, like, for yellow bolts, which are, like... You know, <laughs> Yes. Everybody freeze or I'll fill you full of little yellow bolts of light. And there's like an, an, an unnecessarily <laughs> long so se- uh, scene with Tentacles about like who's going to unlock whose 
cuffs first. Yes, but it's also a very important moment for uh, for Crichton. Like, he has two ways he can go. Right. Uh, the third solution is, you unlock me. Yeah. I'm going to give you the keys, and then you see Dargo, like, futzing with it for a while to yeah. try and unlock himself, which he can't do before he dates <laughs> yes. it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Crichton sort of accepts this. Yeah, true. And then he talks to uh, uh, to Aaron, yeah. where she where she where she stores like I can't I can't betray this is the, this is my breeding this is my birth. It's my duty, my breeding, since birth. It's what I am. Yeah. And he says to her, "You can be more. You can be more." I mean, what's her plan at this point? Is she like playing the long game, or is she actually betraying her people for fear of being like? Painted with the broad brush of being exposed to aliens too much. I don't even think that she knows at this point. Yeah. Cut back to the bridge of the uh, Mo- Moya, Moya, right, where they are suddenly being accosted by the the battleship of uh, the uh, command carrier, Commander Organa. A full command carrier is bearing down on us, which uh, is like, I mean, how did that change? That was what what was happening earlier on. It's like they're making it sound like this is a new thing, but like, no, that's yes, the same. I mean, it's the same bloody ship that was shooting at them before. Uh, yeah, but they got away from it first. Yeah, true. They used the starburst. Yeah. Uh, technology to, to, to be able to arrive on a, a, an entirely different planetary system. Yeah. But in the meantime, the command carrier had caught up and now they're back in trouble. And they're, that readying, has guns. and they're readying their big rolling guns. And what range are they effective at? They ask her, yeah, yeah. They ask Erin. What is the range of their frag cannons? Very good. Yes, Erin's son. Very good. Erin Brockovich, that's right. Oof. Now they're in it together. Now, all of them have the same level of fear of yep. those guns. There, and they were going to get shot at, and like they know that they're effective at 40k, whatever. Metros. Is the, Metros, yeah. yeah. And they have no way to escape. Which like, makes they no can't sense. Start. They're guns. They're in space. They don't have a limited range. Are they? Isn't that what they're called? They're fra- shrapnel guns. Frag cannons. Frag, frag cannons. So they're, they're, frag stands for fragmentation. So they shoot some sort of fragmentation type shrapnel thing. I mean, there is a frag grenade. But yes. Is that That's officially called yes. a frag frag grenade? Ooh. Ooh. And also a fragmentation grenade, and it's shortened to fragging fragment. in military jargon has other connotations as right, well. Right. Yes. Specifically, kill, killing your commanding officer yeah. with a grenade. Uh, ultimate, like a, uh, ultimate vote of no uh, confidence. No confidence, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Field demotion. Yes. But so they have no way out because they can't starburst again because Moya's too tired. She's just too tired. Yes, she's already starbursted and she only has three starbursts. Her stars, her stars burst. <laughs> oh, and uh, they rely on Mr. Crichton and his Farscape technology to... Yep. Push the ship through the atmosphere. Now, I didn't quite know what he was doing because he asked for paper. I need yeah. paper. He had a pen. Makes sense. Yeah. That's why he was, he was just, made, he was he just trying a, to make his calculations because apparently he knew the orbit and everything else that was necessary yes, yes, for these. Yes, yes, yes. How does he know about the mass it of Moya? It's big. It How does he know about like the mass it. of the planet? That's really big. The uh, uh, the, the thickness the, of the atmosphere, or gravitational, all, all that yeah, kind of the the, the composition yeah. of the of the atmosphere. But yet he manages to use the gravitational acceleration through the atmosphere reduction, bouncing off the atmosphere yep, who type knows? thing to suddenly speed off at such was it called again unrecorded speeds if they're unrecorded speeds just record and them and it jumps dude. them right off the sensors of the uh, the battleship now it was a complete surprise to everyone on 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 the moya no moya just moya I, like i I'll just have I to like it. You train get to, myself i just have to train myself out of saying the babe you get the name sh- okay, this is your true, first true, time true 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 let's just go with moya i like the name i know it's it's yeah. it's, it's great and and so on the, the the crew on moya is entirely unfamiliar with this but uh, the the blonde lieutenant standing next to uh, oh, yeah. uh, Captain Crace because they're about to. Uh, Sir, the Leviathan. She's. I can about- see that lieutenant. <laughs> As if they know this maneuver. Oh. But Erin doesn't recognise. She doesn't appear to recognise what she's being told because to at first do. They, at first they were really surprised when they were ac- accelerating towards them and suddenly zoomed yeah. past them and they were like completely taken aback by that, by that kind of manoeuvre. Whereas apparently if they know this thing, then maybe maybe it's like it's the forbidden manoeuvre or something. It's like it, it's one that breaks the space lanes and like destroys the life on the planet that's close to it. Oof. Have I been watching too much Star Trek again? You're, you're not wrong. I mean, the last time that we saw this manoeuvre being used, it... Launched him into the... Seemed to cause a wormhole. I suppose, yeah. So lucky that that didn't happen this time. Oh, or maybe or maybe not. Like, I mean, it would have ended the series pretty damn quick if it had. And it's like, oh, look, we're back in, the, in an Earth orbit. Like, now, oh, <laughs> now we've got like four very confused aliens trying to like... How does it feel being on this side of the coin, eh? <laughs> All right, here's a question to you. This yeah. is the first episode of Farscape. Yes. How long do you think it will be until they arrive on Earth? Oh, are they arriving on Earth? 
will they? Oh. And how long do you think it will? Did, did, oh. How many episodes do you think it will get? Episodes or seasons or whatever? Do you have like a wild guess at this point? I, I, I did not have the expectation of that happening. I think if it does happen, it'll happen about two thirds of the way into a season three. All right, let's see how... Uh, yes. Okay, you heard it, everybody. We've only got probably about 60 episodes to go about until year, we're two-thirds of the way into half or so. We'll see you then. Uh, I hope you like binging shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, our, our heroes Have escaped. are finally safe. And they're all together and they're all out of cuffs. Yes. And now we start to, to see this family being formed. Everyone's on the same page. They all kind of understand and respect each other. And so, of course, Dargo grabs Crichton by the throat and, and slams him, him against the wall. Because, and yeah, I'll tells kill, if you. Get, yeah. I'll kill you if you, like, take away my freedom or something. Because, like, he's been nothing but helpful. But now he... But if you threaten my freedom, I'll kill you. Well, he bit did of escape wave. from his cell. That's everybody's right. Until the the sort of Farscape maneuver, he was never helpful because he doesn't know anything. He's well, the, yes, but the he was like Crichton the Cretan. He helped him escape from the planet. That's true. He, yeah, he literally did the opposite of like endangering his freedom, and yet he gets slammed against a bulkhead. I did which, kind of ding that because they they had the the sort of ecstatic moment of escape where they're all super relieved. I mean, speaking of relieved, uh, Zan pushes her cheek to he Crichton's, gets, and he gets the sexy hug. She gives him an eargasm. Yes, that's like there was a little sound effect there, which I went <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he goes like, oh, like there's something running down my trouser leg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a nice way to say. And thank then you. we then we get the short sharpening sharpening scene where he's like, like going with this piece of because cloth. Because the thing this about this show, like all these characters, dull sword. Yeah. They are real people, and they have their own thing going on, and they can they can feel this togetherness in in moments of of heightened emotion. But then they like calm down and they think about what do I want, and they go back to taking care of number one. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, and we've got the little adorable scene where he does the repair of the little, little scuttlebot. Come here. I'm not gonna hurt you. Come here. Yes. And. Uh, and, and and fixes his his eye with eye stalled, tape, yeah. like I mean, that. Like, like that, tape is like a human invention. Like exactly, nobody, nobody has ever thought of the concept of tape. <laughs> well, they do have they do have the sort of glue gunk tendon cuffs that they're wearing. Oh yeah, was that gunk on them? Well, I thought they were just like mechanical. Uh, but uh, okay, fair no, enough. No, he he talks about like. How did you get this stuff off my wrist? Get this stuff off my wrist. Oh yeah. Do you like my American accent? Get this stuff get off this. my wrist. Right, yeah, says right. <laughs> It's a great I mean, there's a lot in there because it was filmed in Australia. That's why oh. you've got Australian actors. Acting that makes like, sense. Uh, well, it's like you know, how Star Wars was uh, like all the baddies in the Imperium are like have British accents because it was like filmed at Spine, And those were the, the actors who were there. We were yeah. dealing with the cheap English actors because you get them locally. And uh, we finish with uh, a, a monologue, Crichton talking to his dad. Hey, Dad. It worked. DK's in my theory. It actually worked. Over a, a tape that he's brought, a tape recorder. Oh yes, he's basically he's, he's like leaving a little uh, a voice log for his father in case he ever gets it. While he's fixing this uh, this little dude, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's pulled some of his his equipment out of his uh, out of his module. Yeah. So what's that, what is that? What's like I was wondering about that. Like what, what what is this module that he pulls out of the ship? What's so important about that thing? Your equipment may be worth something in trade. Oh, I imagine that it's a blaupunked car radio that he uh, doesn't want anyone to steal. My equipment. It's mine. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, there is Rigel running around. He would definitely Very pawn good. He would steal everything he can get his hands on. Cassette player. Yeah. Are you a sound sleeper? So the thing that I noticed most is like it, it kind of fails to set up, or no, maybe not fails, it doesn't yeah, okay. set up an expectation of some sort of galactic conflict that you get thrown in right. or anything. There, There's no immediately present arc of what what, what they're going to do with this uh, series. Yeah, no, that is very correct. Uh, yeah, I remember the, feeling that as That kind as, of jumped well. out at me. It's like, okay, so like we had an episode and lots of stuff happened, but there doesn't seem to be a direct motivation or general purpose other than just like yeah. direct survival and like see where the things go and i like i'm very curious to see if they maintain that or if there's like well i think that was definitely something about the 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 early phases like giving themselves space to just discover what the show was going to be yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, and like it was a process of discovery because so much of the uh, uh the effects and the designs were like real like one of the things yes uh, you see you see uh, rigel the puppet like eating food 
Here for some food. Yeah. That looks great. Like, yeah, because he's like stuffing food in his mouth and it's like... And when they when they saw this puppet doing that and it looked so great, oh, now he's a glutton. Like ah, that's going to be yes. his main oh, motivation. Be, ah, yeah, okay. because it works. So we're going to keep doing that. Like he's, he's apparently a little bit, uh, you know, like loose fingers. Like it's like uh, what's mine is mine and what's thine is also mine. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Or at least, I mean, like as a ruler of whatever the, pl- uh, the planet was, apparently he's used, I guess he's used to being able to like, this is mine. Oh, this is mine now. I touched it. It's mine. You had your turn and... And now it's mine. See, this is... Okay, now, I don't want to put anything in your mind because that's that's absolutely not the case. Uh, but when I first saw it, I thought maybe he was full of shit. Oh, just a con man who's just like, oh, I because, used to be the ruler. Yeah. yeah, 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 I see that. Like a Dominar Rigel the 16th, the, yeah. the, 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 the ruler of a, a thousand planets. I'm Rigel the 16th, Dominar to over 600 billion people. No, that's a very good point. I hadn't, and I, cons- kind of, I hadn't considered that. I kind of bought into it, like, which might be his thing. Because like, he's such a good huckster. Because he's like, oh, oh, who are you, your pleb? I don't need to talk to you. But in the meantime, like, he is so, like, it's realpolitik. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's market. Like, he can spend hours and hours haggling. Over oh, yeah. What, what noble, what prince? Would do that, yes. Would ever get that kind of experience, but he does. Yeah, oh, very good point. I'm uh, curious to see how that's going to develop. Yeah, same. And I think I am very curious to see how all of it is going to develop. Right. It's like, it's, it's all left very open, and there's no cliffhangers left open. Right, like we, yeah. cl- we, we clearly have uh, Captain Organa, who's going to be chasing them through the galaxy and showing up at the most inconvenient incon- uh, times. Definitely. And uh, like, oh, f- that's him again with his ship. And uh, like and he's still- fantastic moustache. And he's still based, yeah, he's still on our crusade like to avenge his brother who was killed in a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> with a stationary car. Yes, exactly. He blames the guy who was like not even in the car and sitting down in the diner down the road. Because his brother can do no wrong and therefore- like it was like murder, murder most foul, but yeah. So he's going to be showing up whenever it's like he's kind of like the military commander in the A team, and like that's kind of like how I see this developing. It's like you know, have the A team and they're, oh, they're going to be doing yeah, their thing. They're right. going to be going through the galaxy and helping people where they can and looking out for themselves. And then occasionally, whenever we need some dramatic tension, then the military commander is going to show up to like chase them and like shoot at them a little bit, and then they're going to escape again. And then it's like oh, back onto the next uh, yeah, hijinks. And then they'll yeah, then they'll construct a, a new vehicle out of plywood right. and shoot. Some people yeah. unconscious, and but then I, book them, boys. I don't quite th- see that happening here, but yeah, like, hey, it's gonna it's gonna go places. I, I think I think it's gonna go far. Escape. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good catchphrase. Let's well, let's let's think about whether gonna that's go, going to be. It's, it's gonna, gonna go, go far. Far escape <laughs> yeah. out. Well, uh, oh dear. So next time we're going to be back here, and we're going to talk about the uh, the second episode. Well, well, mm, mm. we are watching it in the correct order. Uh-huh. The original airing order was kind of wonky. Oh, because they were doing a Firefly. Well, yes, uh-huh. no, exactly. Like the network where it aired didn't have a lot of confidence in some of the early episodes, right. and so it moved them so around. They tried to pulling more. a few of the more exciting ones forward. Exactly, to, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like get people invested, and then we'll play the rest. And like, but we're watching in the correct order okay. where it like deals with the correct uh, like character development. So the next nice. one is uh, episode two, I E T. A persistent alarm is set off deep within Moya, and her crew discover that a tracking device has been activated. Oh. Anxious to avoid discovery by the peacekeepers, Crichton suggests landing on a swamp on a nearby planet. Oh, so we're going back to uh, George Lucas's backyard again? We'll see. All right. Excuse me, Master Jedi. I am looking forward to watching the rest of this. I can't wait. You can find us at SoFarscape on Twitter and Facebook and on SoFarscape.com. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So So far, escape so good. good.